If you're a coach of any grade, then you've got to be on coachingtoolbox.co.nz. It's got skills, drills, warm-ups, and even strength and conditioning programs. And the best thing about it is, it's free. Coaching Toolbox, online and Facebook. Check it out. Welcome everyone to the Coaching Toolbox podcast. I'm your host, Scott Waldron, aka Scooter. Each week, we're going to be talking to people from all levels of the game to give you an insight into coaching, along with plenty of tips and tricks to help you with your coaching journey. You may not have heard of her yet, but could my next guest be the first female All Blacks coach? I wouldn't bet against her, but for now, Serena Curtis is doing a great job coaching a senior men's team in Wellington. Hello everyone, we are back yet again with another episode of the Coaching Toolbox podcast. Uh, this time another special guest, we say they're always special guests, but this one's a, a very special one and, and certainly someone from a unique situation, so I'm looking forward to this conversation because I think we're going to get a lot of uh, useful information out of this person. Serena Curtis, thank you very much for coming along and giving up your time to speak to us. Oh, you're welcome. What was your playing background? Uh, in rugby, it started off just uh, club rugby with um, the X-Men. Started off way back in 95, 96. Went through a number of clubs, as we do sometimes with women's rugby. Uh, fortunate enough to make the Pride in 99, and then uh, made the wider Black Fern squad. Um, became an on-travelling reserve in 2002 and then changed my allegiance to Samoa and played at the World Cup in 2006. Yeah, so that's pretty much been my rugby career to date. Well, you do come from a, a, a famous uh, rugby <laughs> family. Obviously, your brother Ambrose is probably the, the most famous yep. and uh, you've got other members involved in sport. Has it always been rugby or have you been um, involved in other sports? Yeah, I mean, a sport for me was a probably a vehicle in terms of um, something that I really enjoyed and something that kept me out of trouble. Um, so I started off with judo, so I represented New Zealand in judo for many, many years. Did a lot of netball, as we do, in terms of the female sport and um, was uh, fortunate enough to have rep honours. Uh, had a dabble in basketball, played for under 20 basketball New Zealand, um, did athletics. So I, my mum put us in everything and anything you could think of, and each of them gave me my own dis- their own discipline. Mm. So, um, which has helped to build who I am today, really. And um, I'm just fortunate now I can continue in in sport through coaching. Yeah, and I guess what so what's so special about you is actually so you're currently coaching a senior men, so the Ori's Premier Reserves. Yep. You coach their Colts. Yep. Uh, building up to that and. For a female coaching a men's, you know, an adult men's open rugby grade yeah. is, is certainly something pretty special. So if we take that back, so where did your coaching journey start? How did you get into coaching? Yeah, it was kind of um, just opportunistic. I was watching a few of my husband's games, really, and uh, his team asked if I'd take a few drills. And uh, I actually started my coaching over at Puniki, coaching the Rough Nuts, who were in senior <laughs> two. Um, and then kind of gradually went up and uh, finished there with the Colts. I had the Colts for a few years in Paniki and then um, moved over to Ori's where my brother played rugby, Ambrose. Um, actually, it's my family club and uh, was uh, lucky enough to have the Colts for two years. And then they said, look, would you mind taking the Prem Reserves? It was a team that was 
uh, full of talent but kind of uh, need a little bit of guidance and uh, so for the last two years I've been doing them so I dabbled a little bit when I was playing you know play a coach type thing but I suppose in terms of real focus around coaching it's been probably the last eight years and um, my preference was to coach young men initially because I have a real passion for uh, working through their potential uh, not just on the field but off the field and doing mentoring and stuff like that um, and then yeah now I'm working with younger older men so <laughs> yeah but it's been pretty cool yeah and I, you know, coming from a club background um, prim reserves is definitely an interesting grade you know there's, <laughs> there's a lot of challenges and it's certainly uh, comes with some some different stuff uh, it's not like a premier team where you've just got you know your best players there and you know you certainly got to work a lot harder so you know massive respect for for being involved with that and I guess I guess you covered off on, on why the men's so have you thought about going down the women's coaching um, track or is it, is it is, um, is men's where you want to stay? I've probably over the last couple of years I've really thought hard about giving back to women's rugby did a little bit of girls in rugby when I was at Paniki and then you know, having a few talks with some of my, you know, old colleagues in terms of uh, Black Ferns and, and Manusina, you know, there's, you know, definitely co coaching roles coming up in terms of women's rugby that, you know, I think uh, with a little bit more experience I could probably have a go at. So I haven't counted it out. I think because my focus has been on, you know, working with those younger boys and giving them a little bit of that nurturing and kind of focus, it's kind of I've kind of been stuck there a little bit longer than probably I initially thought I would but I've really enjoyed it I yeah and I haven't really looked at coaching women and until probably the last couple of years really thinking about what do I give back to the women's game yeah so it must be certainly an interesting group dealing with kids that have just come out of school you know young they're they're out in the world now no longer turned to school and you know they come and meet their coach and it's a female. Mm. It must be challenges as well as they come with the, the role. Definitely. Um, you know, I've had a few boys leave my teams because of the fact I'm a female and some of that influenced by the appearance who just don't think a woman could coach their son to any real potential. So those have been probably the most challenging. I suppose coaching within my community has really helped. I mean, I'm born and bred in the eastern suburbs, and so whether it be with Paniki or Ori's, you know, a lot of the uh, young boys that I've been coaching, I know their parents, they've known me. So that helps. I think if I was in another region, it might have been a bit more challenging. And just the constant support of the clubs that I've been with, they've been really, really awesome in terms of promoting me and encouraging me and supporting me wherever I needed to be and the other coaches um, have been really useful so I've, there's probably been more pros than cons but yeah it's 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 difficult when you know first first training of the season and they're introduced to the coach and it's a female uh, and they're like um, am I on the right team but you know I'm just I've just been I suppose that's probably why I've stayed with the clubs that I've been associated with in terms of coaching for so long because it's that continuity and consistency and so if they they don't know me their mates know me and so they give me a little bit of a you know pipe up she's not too bad guys <laughs> um so that helps yeah i think the real challenge in terms of coaching cults is you know they've come from an environment where the coaching may have been varied and they've now need to step up and some of them have been stars of their college rugby teams and they're now in an environment where there's multiple stars and they have to share a space. So some of it is about attitude and creating a different culture for them to be a part of.
Mm. Do you think in the end it's it's your knowledge and you know, your experience that, that sort of wins them over in the end or do you have to get a little bit uh, boisterous and you know, sometimes maybe you have to play mum and sort of you know, yeah. put them in line to, to get them to listen? I think it's a mix, to be honest. You know, I think also they see the results of when they actually listen to like our game plan and stick to it that actually we can do really well. And I've been fortunate in terms of the teams that I've coached, they've progress from the previous year in terms of results. So they see that if they work hard and they kind of listen to what I have to say that they might get somewhere. And we've had, you know, young boys who have never made reps be exposed to the rep scene under my coaching. And so it, it is a partnership though. And there are times when I, you know, draw the hard line. But I think the one thing I try and offer as difference is that I'm not there to scold them or uh, nag them. I'm really there to just I kind of want to say kind of unearth their potential um, but in a bit of a structured way and make them more of a team player so that when they take that next step up they're ready for that because uh, I think some of our younger men they step up too early and they they aren't able to handle the kind of mental and physical stress of those higher levels is yeah. uh, as, as even though we may think they're ready they're, yeah. they're not mature enough so have you done a lot of coaching courses since um, you decided to get into coaching or is it more just uh, mainly just what you've learned along the way and, and bits and pieces? Again, a little bit of a mix. So I've done the kind of, um, you know, workbook stuff and um, going to coaching sessions. I think for me, uh, one of the things I'm grateful for is the types of coaches and the people that coached me in the past. So, you know, I was lucky enough in netball to have Waimarama Tamanu, who, you know, she's one of the best. And then in Black Ferns I had Daryl Suasua and the list goes on in terms of the benefits I gained from their type of coaching. And now I kind of just mold that into the type of person I am and how I want to coach. But I, I do carry through a lot of what I was taught because I thought that that worked pretty well. It's like probably parenting, you know, you take some of the bits of what your parents, how your parents parented you. and. So I do that with coaching. So uh, I probably haven't done a lot of the kind of coaching courses in the last couple of years, and that's predominantly just due to time. Yeah, it, it is again something that I'm considering in terms of if I want to go higher, coach higher. Uh, those are the things I'm going to have to really think about. Yeah, we certainly find a lot of ex-players who have had some really good coaches find that rubs off. Mm. So have you found, is, is it just naturally rubbed off or do you think, it, or is it something you're sort of a little bit more conscious about and going, oh, I've got to make sure I'm, I'm doing this with my players? I think for me it's become natural. Uh, probably wasn't at the beginning. I was quite critical of myself and probably over-analyzing what I was doing. And I think also because I was coaching men, I felt like I had to... Uh, do things quite differently than if I was coaching women. So I think initially I was probably going textbook quite a bit and then over the the years the way in which I partner with my team and, and create that culture I realised actually there are some really good aspects of just who I am naturally and what I do in my all day rather than just on the rugby field as a coach. So. I take all those elements and put them into my coaching so it's a, it's a little bit of a mix again in terms of what I've been taught, what I've learnt myself works. 
I always say to my players, I wouldn't make them do anything that I wouldn't do. So that's probably a good start. Mm. And with those two coaches that I mentioned, they pretty much made us do everything. So uh, there's not much I would leave off the list. Yeah, I think it's it's a combination. And especially when you get your players in front of you, you've also got to work in regards to what you have available in terms of a team. So um, I think I've you know, become quite good at adapting my coaching style to what team I have, um, especially in the last two years coaching men. You know, I've had to adapt again the type of coaching to be more of a, I suppose, give critical and critical feedback rather than actually coach them because yeah. they're, you know, they're ex-prem players. They've been playing rugby for many, many years, so they don't necessarily need a coach, but they just need someone who can hone in on some of those areas that they're probably a little bit weak in. Yeah, that's it. And they must... And in the next year, I guess the, the change from going from the the kids fresh out of school to under twenty ones through to coaching yeah. now a, a prem reserve, which is a mix of you know guys who want to play premiers have just come out under twenty ones. You got the older fellas who yeah. are still involved in that, and you know do you have to change for every player and deal with them individually, or do you try to keep a a, a same manner with with all your players. You know how much has it changed from that under twenty ones to now a, a premier reserve team. Yeah, I suppose with under twenty ones you can kind of coach uh, in a general sense. I suppose when you get up to prem reserves, you do start to coach individuals and then groups of individuals. So you know, like our younger boys, I probably spend a little bit more time with them in terms of supporting them <clears throat> off the field and on the field in terms of their game because they're hopefully the next Premier players, whereas the players that have just come from Prems, they're kind of, they've made their choice in terms of what role they want to play in the team, and so I work with them more so from a leadership perspective. And then those that are kind of in the middle, it's, you know, again, a different way of engaging with them, you know, kind of wanting to find out what they want to do, and then how do we make sure that they can achieve that knowing that they may not have as many years as some of those younger guys. So, um, you know, some of it is about promoting them first uh, to the Prem's bench rather than the younger ones. Um, So it's just a mixture of things, really. Um, But, you know, there's also individuals within those groups. And so you have to look at, you know, kind of um, them on their own and are they ready and what are the things they need support with. So it's, it's quite a, I found it, a lot more exhausting, I must say, than the 21s. And it's not always fun uh, at that level because, you know, the competition's pretty tight and um, I suppose the emotions are high and, the, you know, uh, it's a different physical game too. So there's a lot more um, kind of on-field stuff than what you get in Colts. If you're going to coach, you have to realise and a lot of that is about being flexible and adaptable to be there for each player but also be there for the team. Yeah, well, you certainly picked a tough grade. I, mean, yeah. I think when I was uh, with with Avalon and you know doing the coach development stuff there, prem reserves was certainly yeah. the the hardest work, you know. And it's you're dealing with players who are working a lot yep. and in and out and um, you know up and down. So if you if you really want to develop your coaching, that's certainly yep. one grade to do it. Does does the club give you a, a lot of support? You know, uh, do you find they give you extra support just because you're a female, or or you just treated like just another one of the coaches? Um, I think initially they felt they probably needed to give me extra support and that was probably because, and this is, this is both clubs that I've been a part, part of, uh, primarily because I, I was a female, so they kind of wanted to make sure I felt that I was supported by each of the clubs. I think now 
that I've been around for a while, I kind of can hold my own and uh, they treat me like everyone else, which is really good. I prefer that, to be honest. I prefer to just be treated like one of the other coaches rather than be seen as anything special. I suppose it's like anything, as you progress through your journey, you, you know, things start to change and so I think the other thing is, is I've been quite a constant in terms of coaching at the club and the other two teams in terms of like the Colts and the Prems have had different coaches so that kind of puts me in a good position in terms of knowing what the club's about and who to go to and so it's it's a two-way thing you know like um, I know who to ask and they know where to come uh, if they need me to do anything so yeah. No, I think um, we're too easy to forget that women's rugby has actually been around quite a long yep. time, even though it's, you know, its popularity is massive now. Yep. It's certainly been there for a long time, yep. and some of the, the ladies are involved in with the clubs have actually played rugby probably longer than some of the yep. you know, the premier yep. coaches in, in that as well, and, and to a high level as well. Yep. So, you know, yeah, I think uh, if we, we think uh, that you're not quite as experienced, we've certainly got it wrong there. Do you have do you have other friends or other women in the game, you know, through your um, your Black Ferns or the Manusina connections that are you know going down the coaching path as well? I mean, I suppose when I started, I suppose I looked up to people like Melody Robinson and Erin Rush, who were playing with me at Wellington and Early Knights. Um, more recently, I've been working with Izzy Gray and um, Dawn Patalicio, who's now coaching North, who's been coaching North for a while, North Woman. Um, they're more still in the women's game than they are in kind of coaching men. Um, there's probably not as big a number of, of uh my ex-teammates coaching and I think that kind of justifies the fact that they're also mums and you know many of them have their kids to look look after now and watch them play and grow them and so they maybe not be coaching at those higher levels but they may be coaching their kids teams and I think their engagement in the game is still there there's you know we have a big network I work with Bex Luiana all the time at Auris you know she manages the Prems so I think there was a a notion that women probably would do more of the management positions but I think over time I'd like to see more women take a you know take a stab at coaching and you know if they're interested coaching men because I think we have a lot to offer in that space we give a different perspective that's for sure yeah absolutely and you know the growth of the women's game has just has been massive you know they say it is the biggest area of you know potential growth for, for rugby but do we give enough support to our ex-players, to our female coaches, you know, whatever, whether it is women's, whether it is men's, are we providing enough opportunity for them or are they just not, not people that want to do it? I personally think we probably don't um, give enough support to our ex-women players. I don't know what that comes down to, to be honest, because I suppose I've taken the leap of faith myself and then just kind of st stuck to it persevered in the space um, but uh, I think if there was more opportunity I mean I see a lot of the women's teams are still coached by men and so and that's at all levels so secondary school girls you know the younger age groups you know um, all the way up to black ferns there's still the dominance of, of male coaches and I'm not saying that's a bad thing but I suppose that kind of gives the impression that women can't coach at those levels maybe but I think personally we definitely need to give more support to women and encouragement to be a part of the game mm. uh, especially when they leave the game because they've got so much to offer and so yeah I, th I th yeah I, I think a lot of them do want to be a part of it but I think I don't know if the culture allows them to be the mum and the coach 
mm. as much as for the male coaches. Yeah, to be it's, fair. it's easier for the dad to, you know, yeah. so that gives the kids to mum and he can go off yeah. and do his thing than yeah. the other way around. And, um, you know, having coached female rugby as well in the past, they're always such a pleasure to coach because yeah. they're, they're engaged, they want to learn. Yeah. And um, they certainly take things on a lot, a lot better, and you know, I don't see a reason why they, that won't be apply to their coaching. And, yeah. You know, do you think do we need to go down the path of of more just you know a woman's only coaching course or you know something like that, or do we need to to keep everyone you know involved together and and just get used to the fact that that females can probably coach just as good as as the males. I think for me personally, it was quite intimidating initially in terms of coaching courses because I was one of very few women turning up, and so I was probably about there's probably about five of us women. There was about you know 80 men, and so that can be quite intimidating um, for a lot of people. And so maybe there is that opportunity to have just women's courses, and then once they get that confidence, then they're able to go to kind of those the co the coaching courses that are available for everyone um, that can be their choice but I think some women prefer to kind of learn with others a lot of the women will be coming in kind of at that um, basic intermediate level of coaching especially if they've been players coaching doesn't I mean being a player doesn't necessarily mean you're a great coach so you know that everyone will learn differently and I think they may find it more comfortable to be with other women uh, initially and then move into those but I think it's offering those options for them to be a part of. Coming from a, a coach development and having coached my own son I know especially down in junior grades there's a real shortage of, of coaches and you know, a lot of the people on the sidelines are actually the mums and you know there is certainly opportunity for some of them to be involved they might not have coached mm. you know rugby what advice would you you give to to a female who potentially wants to get involved in the game and, and be involved in their, their son or daughter's rugby? Um, I would say have a go. I think though that that comes with an expectation or a responsibility on um, the rugby community, the rugby union, to offer them spaces where they can have a go. It's like players, you know, they have now like girls in rugby, they have, you know, gala days and things like that. Maybe offering spaces where mums can come and learn some of that stuff to build their confidence because uh, that's what it really comes down to. I mean, it's it's not the lack of interest or the lack of want in, in regards to wanting to be involved. It's just generally they don't know enough about the game and uh, like I said about my own challenges you know I've been through rugby and I still get criticized as a coach so it's you know it's it's a quite intimidating space if you don't have the tools around you and a lot of the courses that are being offered are offered to those who have decided to take on coaching roles and maybe it's about opening those uh, opportunities up to people who are just interested in learning the game, uh, who then may become coaches. And even, you know, starting from being involved in like the management side, it's a really good way to get to know the game. Um, a lot of our best managers have people who have never taken the field. Um, and then from that experience, they've become coaches because they've learnt heaps, because they, they are the ones that engage most with the players, to be honest. So yeah, so I think have a go but I also think in relation to that we've got to offer them a little bit more in terms of helping them grow in that space. If you're a coach or a referee then you'll know about Rugby Smart, New Zealand's injury prevention program. But did you know that all the resources like tackle and scrum techniques can be found on rugbysmart.co.nz
It's also time to brush up on how we treat injuries and recognise concussion. Remember, as coaches, it's our job to keep our players safe. Rugby smart, online and Facebook. Did you go looking for resources to try and help with your coaching along the way? You know, are you checking out YouTube videos and, and other coaching stuff that's around? You know, I have more of a habit of bringing people in. You know, I'm really about um, people and relationships and kind of those more kind of face-to-face -face and you, know, you can actually see a person and hear a person uh, in the flesh. You know, I've been lucky enough because I've been around the game and, you know, I've got our family who have been around the game that I can bring in people to help out you know so um, you know you can ask my teams I bring in special guests as we call it you know from the likes of Philo Tiatia all the way through to Adi Sevilla you know, having Ambrose come along and do drills I mean that's one of the ways that I learn I learn through what they're they've been taught but also you know there's the coaching toolbox that you know coaches get offered and there's some really cool drills and um, things in there that we can as coaches use um, but I do tend to more side on the, the way of getting people in and, and then I learn and my players learn and everyone else who's really observing learns um, new things so yeah. Oh, absolutely and it's not wrong getting other people yeah. in there's, there's one thing I always say is you don't know everything yeah. you know so constantly learning and is always a good thing so is, is that part of your coaching philosophy for yourself do you I mean do you have a coaching philosophy that you like to try and follow in terms of you know constantly growing you know focusing on a certain style of coaching or are you just just in there just doing um it? I suppose I try and uh, have a philosophy of life so I'm I'm a life learner <clears throat> lifelong learner so I never stop learning I never deem to know it all um, so that's one of my um, philosophies just in life in general. I suppose in whatever I do I want to be uh, adding value to something so um, whether that's being in my workspace or coaching I want to be something that people say oh she, you know she did something good you know if I think, think about my legacy I want people to remember me for actually giving it a go and, um, and doing something good uh, not just for myself but for other people so uh, that's kind of what I live by and um, you know and also holding I suppose true to my integrity so try not to compromise that at all which uh, can be difficult at times in all walks of life but yeah I try not to focus on it just being for coaching I actually I, I want that to be me. Have you I mean I know like as a coach we all go through ups and downs and we certainly have some some tough times and we don't quite get the results and, and stuff like that and I guess having that extra pressure of, of being a female in the male game, you know, are there times where you've just gone, oh, this is just getting too hard, or are you uh, just too stubborn and want to stick in there and, and prove people uh, wrong a little bit more? Yeah, no, I've had those moments, and I probably, when I'm having those moments, I question whether I am the right person to be coaching men. That's how far it gets to, in terms of my own kind of critical analysis of myself, and I'm pretty tough on myself, so when we don't win, I really do think about what I could have done better. I don't generally blame my team. I know everyone has a bad day on the field in terms of performance, but I focus on what I could have done better to prepare the team. And But, you know, in those tougher moments where, you know, it's not just your own, you know, I'm already feeling bad about the loss and my team's feeling it, but then, you know, you have external voices that make you feel even worse about it. And then they will, some of them may say, or, well, you know, maybe it's because you're a woman coaching in a men's game. 
Now, those things really take its toll and you get quite exhausted by it. But I try to persevere. I try to uh, think about all the positives in terms of what I bring to the game. Because um, it could be very easy to look at that. It's kind of like 80-20 rule. So 20% of the time it's challenging and it's not always going to go to plan. And then 80%, regardless of whether you win and lose, there's something good out of it. I haven't decided to give up yet, although I think I've said I've retired three times, but I think the game just keeps bringing me back. And uh, I think my connection with the clubs that I've been a part of and also the players, yeah, that's what keeps me in it. Yeah, and I think as, as a coach, you know, it's hard to not take a lot of stuff personal yep. and I've certainly <laughs> been there <laughs> as well. And, you know, you need that time away, don't mm. you? need to actually just step away and, and that's when it comes back to you and it's, it's the love of the game and the enjoyment yeah. for those those good moments is what keeps dragging you back, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's been a bit probably harder in the last couple of years because I'm on the Wellington Samoan Rugby Board as well. So rugby never seems to end. Mm. Um, so getting those moments of just kind of... Um, to myself and just kind of uh, revitalising my energy to get back into a rugby season. It's probably like a player nowadays, you know, like um, feels like rugby's the whole year. You know, those times have been a bit tougher to find, but yeah, it, it's definitely one of those things that we need to make time for uh, because uh, otherwise you start to lose that passion and it's not because of anything else other than you're kind of exhausting yourself in the space. It's like having to focus 24-7 on one thing you know uh not always healthy i think i try and tend to also make sure i've got a good um well-balanced life so spend a lot of time with my family and uh have great friends you know uh, who are not in the game as well as great friends in the game so having a good work-life balance as they call it um helps as well Mm, absolutely. So, what's the, what's the ultimate game? Uh, ultimate goal? Do you have a? This is where I want to would love to be in, in five, ten years, or mm. are you just sort of year by year? Well, I think if you ask some of my um, club supporters, they'd have an ultimate goal for me. There is the potential that I could coach prems if I really wanted to, and that would be a big step for me. And I, you know, I've indicated over the last couple of years, I don't feel I'm ready for that. I think there's the opportunity of coaching the pride. Um, I think I would, you know, start with those steps. I think it's all about, you know, earning the right to coach any higher is mm. to kind of go through the the motions of, of or process. And then, you know, inevitably there might be an international team that I, I'm lucky enough to coach. I wouldn't want to say which country, but, you know, um, there's so many opportunities out there now, especially with the growing game, uh, you know, heaps of international opportunities. Who knows, I might follow my brother to France and coach <laughs> over there. So I think for me, probably, if anything, it would be coaching prems in the next couple of years if I, yeah, if I want to. Yeah. We, I'm, we, I'm happy where I am at the moment, though. Yeah. No, we touched on it earlier around, but you know, what, what does rugby in general need to do to help grow our women involved in the game, you know? What, what, do you, what support do you really need, you think? I suppose it's like anything, you know, more visibility of women in the game, um, more opportunities for women to be a part of the game, whether that's at an administration level or within coaching or within, you know, I just feel like uh, there still seems to be quite a dominance of opportunities for men. Having more women's only type things where it creates an opportunity for them to grow in a safe, what they would see as safe and comfortable. Just general promotion. I mean, I know they've done really well with the younger girls, but we're also talking about those that are 
in the game now or leaving the game and how they become they still become part of that rugby community so I think there's still a lot we can do in terms of encouraging them to stay in the game for as long as they can at, at whatever level they want to. So what do you feel a woman coach can actually add that's something different to a men's coach? I think personally I bring a more nurturing perspective to the role. I'm not a screamer, I'm not a swearer, I'm not a aggressive coach. I bring um, a different kind of perspective in terms of how I want us to work collectively together. I don't, and I'm not saying every coach is like this, but I don't have a hierarchy. It's a partnership to me and I, um, I really do think that method works and I think most women will see that as their normal way of going about things, It's especially the nurturing part. You know, I take every player as an individual and, and, and look at them in terms of from their personal perspective rather than just as a rugby player. For me, it's about giving the same type of advice but in a very different way. Um, it's still constructive, it's still um, about uh, doing something better, or, but it's, it's done in a way that is the tone is not sharp. It's, um, it's just done in a way that is more about a conversation and an encouragement rather than a demand. That's the way coaching has sort of changed over mm. the years, you know, and the old days of the old grumpy coach yelling <laughs> at you, telling you what to do, sort yeah. of, is, is just not good enough, you know, and it doesn't get the buy-in from yeah. the players and they don't want to be there. So I, th I think that's a, a, a very valid point. And, and it's not to say I haven't experienced or tried the other way. It's just that this way works better for me in terms of getting my players to do what I need them to do and also making them feel like, you know, I'm encouraging them rather than screaming out yeah. at them so yeah. I mean I scream but I'm screaming positive <laughs> affirmations yeah yeah uh, well, through Wellington Club Rugby we've, we've got different women involved at different levels and yeah you know, even at my own club we, you know we've had uh, a female you know coach come in and then unfortunately you know she just probably hasn't been given the respect by the players mm. and then she's moved on and it, it is a real hard journey for a, a woman's mm. coach isn't it and it, is it is it still that age-old attitude of it's a man's game? You know, are, are we still stuck in that that cliche? I do think so. Um, I do think we've got a long way to go to accept that women are part of this culture now, and they play a big role. They can play a big role. Um, you know, I think the Wellington region, just from talking with my peers in terms of other women in the game, it's probably been. Um, evolving faster than maybe some of the other regions in terms of women being involved in the men's side of things, not just in the women's side. But I do think that uh, in general we've got a long way to go in terms of encouraging women and making them feel confident and comfortable about being in the space and not feeling like a visitor to the rugby culture. I think there is a still a tendency to say netball is the women's game or you know um, and so you should be over there and um, but you know we all have our um, areas that we enjoy and for some of us we enjoy rugby and we want to be a part of that so uh, I do think that we've still got to evolve in that space. Um, yep you've got some people who will always think traditionally and you're not going to change their thinking but um, I do hope that generations to come will have a very different perspective in regards to how women are involved in the game.
Mm, for sure. Yeah, what advice would you have for those those ladies who are, who are going through that dark time, questioning their own abilities and questioning whether, you know, is this what I want mm. to do? You know, what would you say to them? Well, I know for me, I've found people I can trust. You know, I've talked to other people uh, rather than just talk to myself. And um, I've found people that I truly respect in the game and um, they know enough about me to give me... Uh, positive but also honest feedback. Um, I think sometimes it's about that. It's about finding people that you can vent to um, and do it in a really safe environment uh, where you're not going to feel judged or criticised because that will already have happened for them to feel in some ways um, the way they're feeling. Uh, so I think, and you find those people in the clubs, the, they are there, they're just not always as visible as you think, but, um, and once you have them, they become your greatest allies. Um, so, and some of them are players, you know, some of my best feedback has been from my own players, asking them, so, you know, what could we have done better, or, you know, did you think I did, and they'll be like, yeah, maybe, or, you know, your substitutions this week were terrible, you know, it's, um, but it's, it's, and being okay with receiving that kind of feedback. Um, you know, there'll always be people in your life that will just criticise and criticise and criticise, but, um, you know, they probably have never stepped up into the space that you're in. So uh, those are probably the people you shouldn't even worry about. But finding that person you trust is a really good way of dealing with some of the stuff that you have to go through, especially from my personal journey. Mm. You know, I talk to my family, I talk to my brother, uh, my brothers, um, uh, so I, I really do, um, I've become vulnerable enough to ask for help and that's the main thing. I grab other coaches to help me out so, you know, that's all part of my learning. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good lesson for all coaches is, is getting feedback and, you know, that constant development is not going to happen if mm. you're, you're not getting that feedback yeah. and, and asking people and being able to accept <laughs> Yeah. You know, sometimes you might not hear what you yep. what you want to hear. So, yeah, there's some some great stuff. And I guess just to to, to wrap it up, you know, what advice would you give to anyone who's thinking about coaching? You know, particularly the females. I'd say um, contact your most your local club. Uh, see what kind of support they need. Um, see, be honest with yourself about what you want to be engaged in, and then give it a go. Like. There's no harm in giving something a go. Um, the worst thing you can do is not give it a go, and then you'll just never know. Absolutely. Excellent. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you here, and uh, yeah, there's certainly some, some great stuff there. So for those listening, uh, quick recap. You know, If you're keen to get involved, get involved. Yeah. Don't be afraid. You know, Find someone. They're, they're, I'm sure there'll be someone that yeah. would love to have you involved. Check out our Coaching Toolbox um, website and Facebook page. There's information there. Search YouTube, you know, there's plenty of videos there. Mm. And search out your local club. Cool. Give it a go. Great. Thanks for coming along. And oh, I really thanks appreciate for having me. The time. It's been awesome. Thank you. Excellent.